This episode, the YouTube Adpocalypse version 7.0, <laughs> what, what's going on, what it means, and how it applies to you even if you're not on YouTube. All that coming up in this episode. There's a lot of developers who have a lot of opinions about what you need to do this coding thing for a living and be good at it. But I often find that their opinions tend to be better for them than they are for you. And that's part of the reason why I created this podcast. To cut through the crap and give it to you straight. And you won't always like me. You won't always agree with me. But I will tell you the truth. I'm John Morris, and welcome to The John Morris Show. Now let's quit the yakking and get to it. Hey there, John Morris here, johnmorrisonline.com. Welcome back to another episode of The John Morris Show. This one, I'm going to get into the kind of recent developments with YouTube adpocalypse. Like I said, probably version 7.0 now. It seems like it's been going on forever. And some of the things that, uh, some of the lessons we can learn from this that affect you, even if you're not a YouTuber, even if you don't even watch YouTube, how it applies to kind of anything that you might do in your web development career and some of the lessons that you can learn from this. Because I think there are uh, a ton. I know me personally has very much changed the way that I approach things. So that's what I want to get into here. Now, before I do that, I do want to let you know I just released a brand new course called uh, Spammer's Guide to Get Clients. Now, this is based on my story back kind of when MySpace first started, and and, and I kind of tell that whole story of of what happened there and, and how I kind of got into this whole world and how I eventually got out and then actually use what I learned there to grow this channel and, and my entire kind of business. But the big thing that I want to tell you about that course and the, the reason I created it is it's really, it's something that people who, if you're new to freelancing, it's something you'll want to pay attention to because one of the biggest problems that new freelancers face is just kind of getting going, getting those first few clients, getting that first momentum. And this strategy is perfect for that kind of thing and doesn't rely on you having to spend years networking or you know, having to, to take a bunch of free clients right off the bat or do stuff for family and friends. All that sort of thing that kind of be, seems to be the standard advice. You don't have to do any of that stuff. You can get started right away with paid clients. And there's kind of a, I would call it a guerrilla strategy for doing that that I learned from kind of the the spam world and, and MySpace way back to in, in 2004. So uh, if you want to check that out, you can head on over to johnmorrisonline.com slash spammer. That's uh, where the course is available there. It's available standalone. It's also available on Skillshare if you want to do it there. So again, all the details are there, johnmorrisonline.com slash spammer. All right, so let's get into what kind of happened with this YouTube ad pop apocalypse in case you, you don't know what's been going on. Essentially, it was several months ago. I think it's kind of getting close to about a year now. They're kind of suddenly, it's weird that it's suddenly to me, but a bunch of advertisers uh, became aware that their ads on, on YouTube were running alongside videos that maybe weren't 
uh, the best image for their brand. So maybe they had a lot of cussing or the topics were topics that were controversial or, or just all sorts of different things that weren't necessarily the kind of content that these advertisers wanted their their ads to be running alongside. And so back then it was, uh, I think, over 250 advertisers that removed or scaled back uh, their advertising on YouTube as a result of, of this. And it was kind of this, call it adpocalypse, because it was kind of this bomb that dropped on YouTube. Because what happened when all these advertisers pulled out, if you don't know anything about the way that this AdWords, because it's ultimately Google AdWords that uh, when you're an advertiser, you're running, that's what you're using to run ads on Google. And so uh, if you don't know how it works, it's basically set up to be a a competitive environment. You bid on keywords or, or terms or there's different things that you can bid on, but ultimately you're bidding on them. And the more that you're willing to pay, then the more likely you are to win that bid and and have your ad shown on a particular video view, etc. And so again, it creates this competitive environment where people are kind of constantly one-upping each other. And that's what raises the price of the ads. And AdWords has been like this since pretty much the very beginning. It's also how Facebook does its ads, although they, they all add in kind of their own flavor with relevance and so forth that help affect it. But there's always a bidding element to it. And so the more advertisers you have, the more competition you're going to have, the more prices are going to raise. And ultimately, creators are ba- paid, uh, YouTube creators are paid, the ad revenue they're paid are based off of what these advertisers are bidding. So when you lose 250 advertisers and a lot of them being kind of major brands and probably major spenders, it just obliterates that entire competitive environment. And all of a sudden, all the ad prices and all these things are going to start dropping. And so this was a big deal. And that's why what ultimately happened is the revenue that creators were getting just plummeted. And you didn't even have to have your videos demonetized for that to happen. Now, a lot of people did. But just in general, I know I didn't have a ton of, I mean, I might not have had any videos demonetized. I don't really know. Um, But... I saw my revenue drop by about down to about a third of what it was on YouTube. Now, I never made, you know, I was never one of those people that made a ton from ad revenue anyway, but still it was starting to get to a point where it was something to pay attention to. And I had started to consider kind of going, hey, maybe I go all in on YouTube um, because this is starting to add up and, you know, kind of take that approach. And then this sort of thing happened and it really made me rethink that whole idea. That's why if you 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 may have seen a year, year and a half ago, I started uploading a bunch of what were paid courses for me over on YouTube because I was starting to to move that way. And then this thing all kind of started happening and I, it just kind of made me rethink that in, in entire thing. And so that was kind of round one of what happened. And then what YouTube did is they went in and changed some policies. They demonetized a bunch of videos. They tried changing things up so that these uh, advertisers' ads wouldn't be running alongside this sort of content. And there was pushback from the creator community, and YouTube's been trying to kind of massage both sides and get it to work. And a lot of these advertisers had come back. Well, then what just happened is apparently there was a bunch of videos out there that are 
they, they're meant to appear fan, family friendly so that they would show up on YouTube Kids uh, and be able to, to appeal to that market and get those views, but they weren't actually family friendly. So it'd be like, uh, to give a, uh, I don't even know if this is one of the videos, but to give an example, it might be um, a video involving Spider-Man and Thor. And so you think it's family friendly, but what it actually is, is Spider-Man like beating up Thor or taking a crap on Thor or something just like that it really isn't kid or family friendly that YouTube wants to avoid. And so this kind of became this thing that people started becoming aware of. And apparently some of these videos were borderline in terms of being pedophilia and a lot of the videos attract were attracting comments from people that seemed to really be into pedophilia. So there was starting to get into some some pretty serious stuff. And again, this became made aware and advertisers found out about it. And so advertisers are starting to <laughs> pull out again. So one of the notable ones that I've seen this time around is Mars Inc. So Mars is they're the company that makes Snickers and M&Ms and Three Musketeers and Twix and all these other candies. And they're a pretty big advertiser on YouTube. And they've pulled all of their ads. And there's a bunch of other ones that have done the same thing. And so it's kind of round two of this this whole thing. So uh, that's what's happening. Now, like I said, for me, you know, I was kind of at that point where I was starting to maybe go in a, a, a little bit uh, all in on YouTube and some of this stuff started started happening and it kind of made me realize and 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 rethink that that whole decision and you may have noticed lately that i haven't been as kind of all in on youtube that i might have been in the past in fact i've taken the approach and this is a big reason why of now what i'm doing is posting these podcasts and that's about it if you want to get coding training or any of that sort of thing that's all going to be done via a different model because you know just to get into my opinion on on all of this i i think youtube is in a tough spot a lot of people like to hate on youtube about this but at the end of the day they're trying to balance two 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 sides that sometimes have very different goals so they're trying to work with creators and balance what creators want and allow them to create while at the same time knowing that some of the creators out there aren't necessarily the most upstanding people and are going to create stuff that's going to be off the wall and, and going to be stuff that is just downright shouldn't be on YouTube or very more likely is stuff that the other kind of stakeholder in the situation, advertisers, don't want anything to do with. And ultimately, the advertisers are the ones paying the bills, right? Because they're the ones spending the money. And so in this balancing act, they're going to tend to get preference. That's one thing I've always said. The people spending the money will get preference. So YouTube naturally is going to kind of lean that way. And that's kind of what we've seen seen a little bit here. But YouTube's in a tough spot, right? YouTube isn't the one creating the, the crazy content. YouTube isn't the one that's you know pulling out of its advertising or whatever. It's trying to balance these two competing interests and and kind of get it all to work. So again, a lot of people like to hate on YouTube, but it really comes down to the two, the, the content creators, the people that are trying to, uh, trying to, I guess, hack algorithms on YouTube to get stuff that's not family friendly to show up on YouTube kids. Like I don't feel sorry for you at all. If, if your stuff got demonetized and you were doing that or you got completely kicked off of YouTube, no remorse here. 
because you, <laughs> what you're doing is shady. But uh, like I said, it, it, it has changed the way that I'm doing stuff and has made me kind of pull back from YouTube a little bit and, and more just kind of keep it to this sort of thing. And the stuff that's actually related to my business goals and that sort of thing is going to be on a, a completely different platform because I, the, the, the big thing that I want to kind of bring up here is I think that this model is sort of dying. Now it's going to take a while and it's, there will always be some element of it, but this ad model I think is is going away. Now I know YouTube is, itself in the past has tried the subscription stuff and so forth and it hasn't worked out as well. But so it might not be YouTube where this happens, but you're starting to see the rise of sites like Udemy where you pay directly for stuff, you know, or, or a site like Skillshare where you're paying a monthly fee. Even just in general stuff like uh, Netflix and Hulu and this idea of and, and you've seen you know Photoshop go with a kind of monthly model and you've seen Microsoft go with a monthly model for its word products and all these things are slowly starting to maneuver that way and people in general are kind of getting a little bit more used to that model and the big thing is is that the ad model the problem with it, and everybody is starting to recognize this, and we see this across the board, the ad model leads to a clickbait type environment where it's not about the quality of the content. It's about how controversial the, the headline is, how we can get people just to click. And so you end up with these articles and videos and so forth where the headline doesn't really match the content at all. And the content can be complete crap because they spend all their time worrying about the headline because all they care about is the click. And then they, you go to the site and there's like 15 ads that pop up all over the place and people don't like it, but it's all based around this, mo this ad model. And that's what the ad model creates. And it leads to all this stuff that's going on. If you want quality, you need a subscription model. And the reason you need a subscription model is because the only reason someone stays a member of that subscription is because what they're getting is worth more to them than what they're paying for it. And so you really have to invest and in, in dive in and uh, on quality. That's why I've started putting a lot of my courses on Skillshare. It's not because I necessarily think Skillshare is the most advanced, greatest platform out there. It's perfectly fine, but because it's a subscription model, because it forces me to think in a way that I think long-term is more valuable for me and the people that I interact with. So Again, I think this ad this ad model is dying in the sense that it seems to be dominant now, and it has been dominant for a while. It's not going to completely go away. There will always be that sort of thing, but I think it's going to lose, uh, start to to lose uh, its significance, and it's it's you, it's not going to be as prominent as it is now. And you're going to see more of a subscription based model or something similar where. What you get from it, what it incentivizes people to do is to kind of go all in on on quality. So I, I, I really think that's going to happen more and more. But again, looking at all of this, I think there's lessons to be learned beyond just whether you're a YouTuber, beyond whether you care about this kind of information market or any of that sort of thing. If you're a, a, a freelancer, a web developer, even if you're getting hired at a job, I think this applies, but especially if you're going to be getting into freelancing and, and doing any sort of client work in that regard, there's kind of three things that I wrote down that I wanted to go through that I think 
you can learn from this. So the first one is like the standard advice that you've probably heard before, but this just kind of makes it ring true even more, especially for me, which is never put your eggs in one basket. You know, this was kind of what I was doing with YouTube and, and, uh, you know, the, I started to back off of all of that and, and realize I needed to, to not do that sort of thing because I mean, it's easy to go all in on something when it's good, when things are going good, it's easy to be like, Oh, I'm just going to focus on this. And it makes things simple. It has that appeal of simplicity. Uh, and I've done this and I still catch myself doing this with things. But the problem with it is there could be one change. One thing could switch, you know, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, these advertisers realize their content's being displayed along, or their their ads are being displayed along content that they don't like, and they boom, they pull out, and all of a sudden, all this revenue just just goes away. And you could have one change that you have no control over, nothing to do with, and it, you could be completely screwed, right? So you want to make sure and diversify uh, where your, your ultimately your income and and the value whatever it is that you're getting comes from. Now do it intelligently. That doesn't mean go out there and just do a hundred different things. You need to be strategic and smart about it, but you need to diversify so that you're not too reliant on one thing because that one thing can change in a heartbeat. And if that's what you're hundred percent relied on, you could be in trouble. The other thing is, uh, I think it's important to own you yourself own what matters. So, what I see a lot of people do, especially a lot of YouTubers, is YouTube is their one thing. They don't necessarily have their own website, you know, or if they do, it's not something, it's not very popular, it's not something that gets a ton of traffic and so forth. It's YouTube is is their is their main hub and they're pretty heavily dependent on that and they don't own it. I think you want to always constantly be pushing towards building your own platform, building your own thing, building something that you own, your own website, your own mailing list, etc. You know, it, it's good to diversify between YouTube and Twitter and Facebook, but you still don't own any of those things. Right? And a lot of times if you, you know, <laughs> if you're someone who gets banned on Twitter, it could be uh not too far behind that you get banned on YouTube or Facebook depending on what you did. So you want to make sure that you're always building up your own assets, your own things that 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 you own, and don't bank bank too hard on something that somebody else has owned because they can make one decision and next thing you know you're in trouble. The last one then is don't bank too much on goodwill. Now, this is actually something I learned in my marketing classes. I was a business marketing major. I don't know if. Um, I never actually finished that degree because it's kind of pointless, but this is one of the things that I learned in those classes. And I remember going through this this class and this textbook in particular and them specifically saying in it that public relations, their opinion was more important than marketing because public relations is all about generating goodwill towards a company. And if you could generate goodwill towards a company you would often get people to buy your products just based on that alone because they liked you, not necessarily because of how good your marketing is. And that's all fine and well, but if your stuff is 100% based on goodwill, again, that's something that can change very, very quickly. Good marketing, good, direct, smart, long-term marketing is hard to do. 
good good public relation public relations is a lot easier to do right a lot of times it's just like don't be a douche don't be <laughs> don't do bad things whereas marketing where you take the time to figure out what your your audience and your market wants and you figure out the messages all that is 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 a lot harder to do so if you actually do it and and get good at it and figure it out it can be a lot more valuable than this kind of fleeting goodwill thing that can come and go at any moment. And so you just want to be careful about relying too heavily on goodwill because, again, it can change in an instant and it could be completely, I mean, we've seen it. It can be completely based off something that's 100% untrue. <laughs> a really good example, and, and I know some of you don't, guys don't care about sports and some of you may even disagree with this, but... Uh, the University of Tennessee just this weekend was about to hire Greg Schiano, but uh, Greg Schiano was an assistant coach at uh, Penn State when Jerry Zandusky was there. Now, there's never been any evidence presented that he knew anything about it, that that he had anything to do with it, but he just happened to be there when this went down, and so there was this big outcry from a lot of people at the University of Tennessee the University of Tennessee ended up backing out of hiring this guy, and it's been like this big fiasco. And now it's like nobody knows who's going to get hired there because it's become kind of this toxic job that that a lot of coaches aren't going to want to have anything to do with. Um, so again, that that sort of thing, public opinion can change on a dime and be based completely on nothing. And so if you're relying too heavily on that, it can it can uh, ultimately backfire on you. You need to have good, solid business fundamentals underneath of that. And, you know, I, I just kind of take myself as an example of this. You know, one of the reasons why I can say the things that I want to say and be opinionated and not care too much about uh, being PC or, or, or being super nice about everything that I say is because I don't sell my products and, and my services based off of goodwill. Matter of fact, I have a lot of people who email me and tell me that they don't like me, but they still buy my products because I have something that they want, right? And so you you need to build some what you're building. Uh, again, I'm talking primarily to freelancers here. You need to build it uh, on something a lot more solid than just public opinion. So don't bank too heavily on goodwill. It can be a nice add-on to what you're doing. But it shouldn't be the only thing that you're relying on. You should have good, sound, fundamental marketing underneath of that to the point that people will even hire, will hire you even if they don't like you because you've positioned yourself well, you've marketed well, and they see that you are someone who can give them that they res the result that they want in a way that they can't get anywhere else. And so they almost have to go with you. Okay, So again, just don't bank too heavily on, on goodwill in, in that regard. So... Again, those are kind of three things that, that kind of came up for me when I was kind of going through all of this that were things that I'm uh, kind of lessons that I learned from watching this and kind of going through this whole experience, being on YouTube and having, you know, being affected by this, not necessarily in as big a ways as other people, but definitely have, have felt it a little bit. So anyway, take that for for what you will. Uh, hopefully you get something out of that, things you can apply to to what you're doing in your career. All right, that'll do it for this episode. If you liked the episode, be sure to like it. If you want to see all the past episodes, you can head on over to johnmorrisshow.com. Also, I'd appreciate it if you would rate and review the podcast on iTunes. That helps kind of spread it out 
uh, to more people. And I, I really want to uh, grow this podcast because I think uh, I can help a lot of people with it. So if you go to johnmorrisshow.com, just click on the start here link. That will walk you through the steps that you need to in order to rate and review the con uh, the podcast. And again, I'd really, really appreciate that. All right. Like I said, that'll do it for this episode. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you next time.